Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, here on a lovely Kiko summer afternoon. And I'm glad you have a little time to spend with me. It's been a busy day. Well, the remodeled tax season that went from April to July is officially over, but extensions are still available till October. Hopefully, if you haven't filed by July 15th, you've at least filed an extension. And if that's the case, you now have until October 15th to get everything finished. The only difference is, right now, if you do owe taxes with a with an extension, you'll have small penalties and small interest. Without an extension, you'll have large penalties and still pretty small interest. I think the interest right now, I'd have to look it up. It's it's in my computer. I think it's 5% on late payments of tax, so that's 5% annually. You know, it that still, you know, that really is high when you think about the fact that the banks are paying 0.1%. That's still kind of a kind of a shock. That's that's hard to deal with. So today I just wanted to kind of catch up. I haven't actually been able to do a live show for at least a week or two and um, a couple weeks. So there's a lot going on and hopefully I will keep you informed. And my main goal is to give you an alternative so that you at least think, think about the fact that what you believe in what you hear may not be what's actually going on. I'm not saying I know exactly what's going on, but I do say that I I listen to two sides of the story whenever I can. And whether it even matters whether it's the you know exactly right, uh, I just feel like everybody should at least hear part of the other viewpoint. I find among the people I meet, to me it's in a it's a really small number of people who have been paying attention to the alternative view of things that are going on. For instance, well, the biggest thing right now today here in Butte County, the Virus situation, I believe the governor is getting ready to put us on the same group that everybody else is, uh, a lot of the other counties are on. I know a week or so ago, out of 58 counties, 30 of them sort of had to backtrack as far as opening. There's so many things with all this virus stuff to learn, to read to research. I don't have time to do it. I listen to what I can. What I've tried to do today, I've brought a couple of articles to talk about. I think if we, one way to do this is if you have limited time and you don't have time to dig in and what they say, drill down to the details of every topic you can find. I mean, I can think of about 10 virus related medical topics that I'm curious about. I can't I don't have time to research them myself. I have to rely on other people looking things up and telling me things. 
So the way I look at it is, well, if I've only got limited time to research and I've only got limited time to tell people, like here on Business Buzz, if you're able to listen, which I appreciate you taking some of your time to do that, I have limited time to tell what I've learned or what I've read. Here's the way I like to do it. If I've got 10 topics that I would love to research, but I just don't have time because I'm I got all my other work to do. How about looking at one topic and diving a little bit deeper into that one topic? Not super deep. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I purposely, especially since this virus started, I'm purposely staying away from the doctor. I will say the one good thing about this virus for me health-wise is that with the social distancing, I honestly don't feel like I'm going to get sick. Every year during tax season, before I realize I need to stop shaking hands, in a normal year where I'm seeing eight people a day and I shake their hand and we say hello, that's the time of year where I get sick. And it usually takes me a couple weeks of tax season to remember, oh, you can't shake hands every day. You're going to catch something. This year I started early on it, and then with the virus thing kicking in in March, uh, no one was allowed to really get close, so I consciously didn't shake anyone's hand since this whole thing started in March, and I had actually started probably late February with the, the no handshake policy, which is always good. In that respect, I think a lot of people are going to find that they're going to be a lot healthier during cold and flu season because they aren't touching other people and then touching their face, you know. That whole story. So in that respect, I've decided to concentrate on one portion. Well, first I wanted to look at this article I just printed out so I could read it. And this was actually dated about a week ago. So indoor operations got close. You probably know this, but I've talked to a few people who don't go out much, and they're like, I don't notice any difference because I don't go out that much. So in case you're someone who doesn't go out much, you might not have noticed. Indoor operations statewide for restaurants, wineries, theaters, museums, card rooms, bars must close all operations. Okay, so that was their, the basic deal about a week ago. And I believe that some of the counties got off a little better than others, but I guess Butte County may be heading into that zone right around now. I, like I say, I'm not sure. Honestly, uh, last week with July 15th was virtually like April 15th all over again. I was working till 3 a.m., making sure I got done everybody that I could finish. I haven't had time to keep up with this news, but I did keep up enough to get one topic discussed, which is what we're going to do. Oh, what's interesting is the 30 counties that they did shut down more than the other 28, which is Butte. Butte's in the 28. 80% of all Californians live in those 30 counties where the shutdown was worse. Now, one thing that, uh, one thing I notice is 
there's a few people I've talked to who are very unhappy with all this. Of course, people whose businesses are shut down. This is one time where I don't, I don't mind bailout money at all if it goes to small business and regular people because this is a situation that's been created by questionable, I mean, there's so many, there's so many questionable things being mentioned these days that I'm just going to call the whole thing questionable. So when I worry about trillions of dollars getting printed, and I've talked about that on Business Buzz a lot, I'm really not complaining if they do a trillion or two to help the small businesses and the stimulus checks. Those, I think, are proper because it's the small business person who's hurt the most. If somebody's got $100 million, they can just shut their business down and relax for a while until things get better. But a small businessman who relies on the business money, I see him every day in my tax practice, uh, they're hurting and... This is one case where if they do have to print a few, the problem is when they print one trillion for the small businesses, they're going to send three or four trillion to the big banks. That's what I disagree with, but I guess there's no other way that the small business is going to get help unless everyone gets help, and that's pretty much par for the course. That's nothing new. I can't tell you how many times I've talked about the missing $21 trillion, which in reality is probably about $40 trillion. I hope you've looked some of that up and read about it. So I picked a couple of, um, I picked a couple of articles just to discuss. One of them is written by Ron Paul. He's, if you remember Ron Paul, he sort of ran for president. I I like him because he's not a normal politician. He's actually an MD. What I know about him, don't I can't vouch for all this. I haven't researched it all. He was an MD in Congress for a long time. His, his, his son is Rand Paul, who's in the Senate. He was an MD who never took a dime of Medicare money. Now, I'm not certain if that's true, but his practice, he was an older guy, but his practice did not take any government money he probably just took regular insurance and cash, I'm guessing. So he is an MD, so he's not just some he's not just some House of Representatives attorney who decides to be a self-proclaimed expert. I brought an article called Is the Texas COVID Spike Fake News? It's dated July 7th from Ron Paul, the Ron Paul Institute. So I'm just going to read a little bit of this. On July 2nd, Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued an executive order mandating the wearing of face masks across the state. Now this is tying in because remember I told you I can't dig into 20 different topics related to this virus, but I can dig into one topic and go a little deeper to share it with you in a reasonable amount of time. So keep in mind the thing about face masks because I've got more on that. I probably picked face masks as a topic because there's, a, like I say, there's about 20 topics I could have dug in a little deeper to. This is one that affects me directly. I have to make sure I have a mask in my car, in my backpack, with me at all times because if I need to 
go somewhere and use a restroom at a gas station or get some groceries on the way home, I have to have a face mask. I'm not going to argue with stores that want to make sure everybody's wearing masks because that is up to them and that's private property. I respect the fact that the business owners who require face masks have every right to do that. So I'm just going to read a little bit more from this article. The wearing of face masks across the state, whether indoors or outdoors, when six feet cannot be maintained between people. That's another little trick. If you read these mask laws they are starting to pass, at first glance it sounds like, yes, masks are required everywhere. If you read a little more into the fine print, most of these new laws about masks say when six feet cannot be maintained. I can use my own office as an example. It's not a large office, but there aren't a lot of people in it. We can easily maintain a six-foot distance in my office between the customers, the employees, me, and even if there's two, two customers at the same time. In that respect, I would not be required to wear face masks in my work because I can keep the six-foot distance. That's another thing to remember. Most people don't pay attention to that. In the governor's decree, he cited a rise in COVID cases, a rise in test positivity, and a rise in hospitalizations as justification to force people to cover their faces in public. The move is not only a violation of the civil liberties of all Texans, Abbott may have based his executive order on inaccurate information about a rise in COVID cases due to the Texas State Department of Health Services changing the definition of what constitutes a COVID case. Thanks goes to Collin County Judge Chris Hill for blowing the whistle on what appears to be a move in mid-May to redefine what was a COVID case to open the door to a massive increase, all to match the mainstream media line that a second wave was on the way. In a commissioner's court hearing for Collin County on May 18th, it was revealed that while previously the determination of a COVID case, now we are going to come up against that first break pretty soon. So I'm going to continue this after the break when that happens. While previously the determination of a COVID case was a confirmed test result, the definition was suddenly changed to count probable cases as cases. At the same time, the threshold for determining probable was lowered to a ridiculous level. As Judge Hill said at that May 18th meeting, if you have a subjective fever and you have a headache and you live in Collin County, You now meet the qualifications to be probable COVID patient. It is remarkable how low the standard is now. End quote. Even worse, once a probable case was determined based on on possibly unrelated subjective criteria, up to 15 people in possible contact with that probable case were now listed as probable cases, and probable cases were considered cases. Now, if you were able to follow that, I commend you on your sharp acuity. Oh, boy. I'll be right back after the break. We're going to continue with this short article from Ron Paul. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. During these unprecedented times, 
We know you're all worried about your family's health, your job, and paying your bills. Stop the endless debt cycle, especially now. Be proactive and take advantage of unique programs in place to help you get free of your debt. Don't wait for the bills to pile up and the banks to breathe down your neck. The program at Total Financial Freedom can help you get free of credit card debt, internet and signature loans, and even timeshares. You pay only a fraction of what you owe and they even offer a guarantee. Call now at 800-464-7144 to see if you can qualify and receive a free book written by our CEO, The Debt Dietitian. A-plus rated Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get debt relief without considering bankruptcy. During these stressful times, debt doesn't need to add to it. Call now, 800-464-7144 and get your free copy of the book to help you at 800-464-7144. That's 800-464-7144. Let's live it up. It's party time and nobody can touch us. You know, I think that philosophy still exists today. Eat, drink, and be merry. The Christians are not right. There is no future to worry about. It's only this life, so you might as well enjoy it. David Hockey explains more about the consequences of ignoring God's coming judgment this week on Hope for Today. Tune in for Hope for Today weekdays at 8 a.m. here on KKXX. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm glad you have a little time to spend with me on a summer afternoon in Chico. So I was reading this article about the Texas COVID definitions. So it says, uh, so he says these probable case when you have 15 people you've talked to, now you have 15 probable cases that are now considered cases. He says, repeat that farce across Texas, and is it any wonder there was a spike in cases? Also, Governor Abbott's claim that hospitals were being overrun by COVID patients was refuted by the Houston hospital directors themselves, who said they were nowhere near actual capacity and, in fact, were about the same level as they were last year. And I'll put in a little aside there. I remember reading back in May, um, no, April, when all this lockdown started, there were people on YouTube who were actually going to their local hospitals and filming, and they were basically empty. So that's another evidence of that from this Houston hospital directors. The basis for Abbott, he's the governor, the basis for Abbott's unconstitutional executive order has been shown to be false. Will he admit his mistake? It is encouraging to see so many local and county officials across Texas announcing they will refuse to enforce Governor Abbott's unconstitutional face mask order. Thankfully, the spirit of freedom and love of liberty is still alive in Texas. The second wave is driven by propaganda. Across the country, COVID testing increased from about 150,000 to more than 700,000 per day. You can't drive through Houston without seeing a flurry of signs advertising free COVID tests. Results in 15 minutes. Last week, Reuters reported that tests shipped around the country by the federal government were contaminated. 
deaths from coronavirus, even the deaths with coronavirus rather than deaths from coronavirus, are down more than 90% since the peak in April. The decline in deaths continues. That means we are closer to the herd immunity that will finally kill this virus. Yet Governor Abbott and others across the country see this as a reason to lock the country back down. So that was a short article. If you want to read that, it's called, Is the Texas COVID Spike Fake News? by uh, Ron Paul Institute. So that was going to preface what I was talking about because, like I say, I don't have time to research 30 different things related to this virus. But I did have time to do a little bit of research, not really research, but I got a couple of articles, a little bit about face masks because, as I was saying, that's one thing that has affected me directly. I have to have one in my car if I want to stop anywhere. I guess if my office couldn't space people six feet apart, we'd have to wear them there. But uh, like I say, we have a, we can easily keep the space. Whether or not the space is needed, uh, that's a discussion for another topic. But I think the most important one is this. What is the one thing that keeps everybody afraid of the virus? And the answer is face masks. If you go in a store and everybody's required to wear a face mask, every time you look at someone, you're reminded that we're in a pandemic where this deadly virus is going to kill you if you get within six feet of someone that isn't wearing a mask. So I became interested in the face masks themselves. And the first thing I wanted to share is, a, is an article by a guy named Paul Joseph Watson in my, well, they're not, they aren't as good as they used to be. The news place that I go every day called Zero Hedge, I'm not sure what's up with them. They're getting a little bit, I've been telling you that I've been reading alternative news since the early 80s, before the internet. Zero Hedge is getting a little bit, little bit leaning toward the center and I don't like that. If I want that kind of news, I can go to NBC or CNN or Fox or anybody. I want the other news when I go there. It's getting a little bit more mid, middle of the road, probably because they have so many visitors, they're making a lot of money. This article is from Zero Hedge. It was dated the 18th of July. And it says... Face masks mandated by UK government specifically say they don't protect against COVID-19. This article caught my eye because the pic, they always put a picture on these articles at the top. And it shows the box from this mask and it says right on it that. So I'm going to read a little bit of this article too. The same type of face mask that the UK government is mandating people wear in shops from July 24th onwards to protect against the spread of coronavirus specifically state on their packaging that they don't protect against coronavirus. Earlier this week, the government confirmed that anyone caught not wearing a mask when entering a shop or supermarket, this is in the United Kingdom, but same difference, if you know what I mean, and not wearing a mask when entering a shop or supermarket will be subject to a police fine of £100, prompting the chair of the London Metropolitan Police Foundation to complain that this would be totally unenforceable. However, the law states that cloth masks, scarves, or other textile items that don't require the use of hands to hold them in place are acceptable forms of protection against COVID-19. 
One problem with that, the packaging on these kind of cloth masks specifically states that they don't protect against COVID-19. Quote, this product is an ear loop mask. This product is not a respirator and will not provide any protection against COVID-19 coronavirus or any other viruses or contaminants. States the packaging on a standard set of cloth masks currently being sold. Skeptics have also pointed out that people continually touching potentially infested masks and then touching surfaces could even exacerbate the spread of coronavirus, which means increase. Apart from everything else, the only coverings the government is insisting on are cloth ones, which every man and his dog knows are completely useless. As Allison Pearson says in her excellent comment piece in today's Telegraph, anything other than tight-fitting, surgical-grade masks are utterly pointless, like trying to stop a bullet with a chain-leak fence. I mean, the evidence that the gold standard N95 masks are effective in non-healthcare settings is threadbare at best, and they have to be disposed of after a single use. There is literally no evidence that reusable cloth masks are effective in community settings. None. It's like wearing a tinfoil hat in case you get struck by lightning. An ineffective way to protect yourself from an almost non-existent risk. What has become of us? Health Secretary Matt Hancock said mandating the wearing of masks would, quote, give people more confidence as shop to shop safely and enhance protections for those who work in shops. However, many have reacted to the law by asserting that they simply avoid shops altogether. This will lead to more economic devastation, more high street job losses, and in the longer term, more poverty and death. Again, genius. That's how this guy ends his article. So, now that was about the cloth mask, but I have also read that even those masks that have the M95, they call them, like it says, those are only good for one use and they have to be sealed to your face. Uh, that's not going to be happening in, in public. Now I have another article that I found. And th- trust me, folks, it takes about five minutes to find whatever you want. As long as you don't use Google, uh, you need to use, I use one called DuckDuckGo. Uh, there's a browser called Brave. It's interesting. If you use Google and type in a certain certain search, you'll get a whole different set of answers than if you type any of these other, use any of these other search engines. I recommend you always use DuckDuckGo or Brave. Uh, They say they don't track you like Google does. I can't vouch for all that. I'm not a tech expert. I just know what I've read. And I do know that my searches come up much, much better when I use DuckDuckGo instead of Google. What I'm trying to tell you is if you're interested at all in these topics that I talk about, you can find tons of information in about five minutes by simply going to like DuckDuckGo and searching these topics. So this isn't rocket science. And I, I work so much in my regular uh, day job, uh, I don't have time to do re- real research. I just try to bring you as much as I can to spark your, I mainly want to spark your curiosity so you don't assume that what you hear and what your neighbors tell you is the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Perfect timing for a break. I will be right back with another discussion that has to do with mask wearing. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be right back. 
welcome to our show. I'm Scott Allred. I'm Ben Taney. And I'm Matt Four. This is Jessica Wilkerson, one of your hosts of Chico Now. A half hour designed for the community and brought to you by the community. Each day, one of our hosts will join with people from organizations throughout the greater Chico area. We want to let you know what's happening in Chico Now. So join us at 1230 Monday through Friday here on KKXX for Chico Now. This is Pastor Chris Kinson. I want to let you know that we at Community Church of God are meeting in person in our church once again. Uh, Every other pew has been roped off. Things have been sanitized. We have masks. And there's plenty of room for social distancing. So if you'd like to come to a church service, come visit us at 1095 East Avenue, Chico, California. Our program is called Your Message for Today and will be broadcast on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We hope that you enjoy the Bible-based teaching and preaching that will be featured on these programs. We'd also like to extend to you an invitation to come and visit us at Community Church of God, 1095 East Avenue in Chico. Our services are 11 a.m. Sundays. Come! and worship with Community Church of God, and may God richly bless you. God bless you. In God we trust. Our coins and currency cry out that proclamation. Let us reaffirm that powerful attitude in our daily lives and the choices we make. Fellow Americans, recommit that faith and trust in Almighty God and His ways, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom. Individually and together, we can make the sacrifices needed to bring God's abundant blessings to America. America, bless God. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I got through my July tax season. I'm looking forward to getting through to the October extension deadline. And then I'll get ready for a new tax season next year. Who knows how they'll handle the deadlines for next year. Who knows what will be happening. We can guess, but we don't really know. So I was, I was reading an article. I, wanted to, I just talked about the masks that don't help with coronavirus, which most people are wearing. And there's very few that actually do, but that would be like a surgical mask that gets fitted to your face and worn once. Is anybody, I read an article, I don't have it in front of me. Has anybody read about the size of a virus? It's so small, uh, cloth and paper don't even come close to I believe it's about one fifteenth of the width of a human hair, or one, maybe one one hundredth of the width of a human hair. And if you think about how thin a hair is, one one hundredth of that. I mean, these things are tiny. They're going to get through whatever. So let me just read this. There's a quote at the start of this article. It's called "Masks Don't Work." It's from a place called The Healthy American, and it's good because it's got a lot of links to other articles, so you can just kind of learn right there while you're reading it. So this quote at the start says, how can a person be forced by any business or government entity to wear a mask, which affects the respiratory system without having a physical exam by a licensed doctor who approves such an action? 
So I'm just going to read this uh, real quickly. Uh, Science says healthy people should not wear masks. And then it gives some bullet points. Masks reduce intake of oxygen, leading to carbon dioxide toxicity. I've noticed that when I have to wear that mask, it's like I just don't feel like I'm even breathing correctly. Uh, Germs are trapped near your mouth and nose, increasing risk of infection. Wearing a mask causes you to touch your face more frequently. There is no scientific evidence that supports healthy people wearing masks. Masks obscure your facial features and impede normal social interaction. Masks make it hard for hearing impaired people to understand you. Masks symbolize suppression of speech. I, that one I hadn't thought of before, but that's true. It's really crazy. One other thing I'm going to talk about masks is, if masks are so good, why do you care if I wear one? It's sort of like the argument for vaccines. If the vaccine saved your child from measles, why do you care if my son has it or not? You're protected, right? It's the same logic, and it never makes sense. So this article basically just has a bunch of links that you can read more, but each link has a little uh, summary. So one of them here is a link to the New England Journal of Medicine. Quote, we know that wearing a mask outside healthcare facilities offers little, if any, protection from infection. Uh, Cal OSHA regulations, quote, cloth face coverings do not protect against COVID-19. Uh, from California Department of Health, quote, face coverings may increase risk if users reduce their use of strong defenses. There is limited evidence to suggest that use of cloth face coverings by the public during a pandemic could help reduce disease transmission. From the FDA, oh, there's some geniuses you can always trust. Quote, even a properly fitted N95 mask does not prevent illness or death. Oh, the CDC, there's another bastion of truth. Quote, there is no scientific evidence for healthy people wearing masks. Uh, Here's one from neurosurgeon Dr. Russell Blaylock. Quote, There is no scientific evidence that masks are effective. If you are not sick, you should not wear a face mask. Uh, Columbia University, Psychological Harms of Face Masks. Quote, many young children burst into tears or recoil when someone wearing a mask approaches. By putting on masks, we take away information that makes it especially difficult for children to recognize others and read emotional signals, which is unsettling and disconcerting. I've noticed that in my office, uh, clients who are wearing masks, I can't tell if they're smiling or frowning or whether they're happy or upset. It's very weird when you don't get to really get an idea of what somebody's face looks like. Here's a quote from U.S. Surgeon General, Jer- Surgeon General Jerome Adams. Quote, masks are not effective in, presenting, in preventing the general public from catching coronavirus. Here's one from Dr. Anthony Fauci our fearless genius who always knows exactly what he's talking about. Quote, people should not be walking around wearing masks. Masks do not provide the protection people think they do. Here's a quote from World Health Organization, Dr. Mike Ryan. Quote, there is no specific evidence to suggest that the wearing of masks by the mass population has any potential benefit. In fact, there's some evidence to suggest the opposite in the misuse of wearing a mask properly or fitting it properly. Then there's one from the U.S. Department of Labor, OSHA. Quote, oxygen deficient is any atmosphere that contains less than 19.5%. 
This happens when the oxygen is displaced by inert gas such as carbon dioxide and is the leading cause of fatalities. So that's a real good article. If you're interested in going further, it's a good article because next to those quotes that I read is a link you can press on your computer and it'll take you right to that entire article by those places that I just mentioned. That place is called thehealthyamerican.org and the title of the article is called Masks Don't Work. So I hope that'll at least spark an interest in you reading a little more and not just listening to your neighbor who says you have to wear one. I basically go along with whoever I'm with, just like just like at work. I don't get political at work. If I did, I'd lose half my clients. So I keep it apolitical. If someone's wearing a... In fact, I saw a client the other day that I know is concerned, and he was wearing a mask when I saw him. So when we had a big, long, hour, too long uh, meeting, I was happy to wear a mask because uh, even though I don't believe that medically it helps, uh, if it makes someone feel more comfortable uh, being at our meeting, I'm fine with that. I'm okay with it. I'm not going to be a one-man crusade. I'm just trying to educate a little bit with what I've learned and not saying that I'm correct. I'm saying you have to at least look at both sides of these arguments. You can't blindly agree with whatever you hear first. Now, my next topic is my second favorite subject, which is metals as a form of money insurance. I'm not sure if you noticed, but today, silver had, and I'll have to look up how long it's been since silver has had a day this good. I think it was back in Brexit. When they voted for Brexit, silver shot up to about this same level. So that may have been a better night or day. But today, as of 2 o'clock Pacific time, which is about an hour and a half ago, silver in one day went up 7.2%. That's an amazingly good day. They usually don't let it go more than 30 or 40 cents. It's actually up almost a dollar and a half. They usually cap it at 30 or 40 cents, and then they usually knock it down the following day. So I'm very curious to see what's going to happen Wednesday on on the silver price. Now, remember, this is the paper silver market. It's not physical silver. Nobody's moving silver around from one company to another. This is all on paper. It's all fake. Even the paper price shot up by over 7% today. The other good news, if you've listened to me before talking about rhodium, which is the, I'll call it the metal that got away. I should have bought it 50 ounces when I could have afforded it. I don't have enough. It is now uh, up $500 today, which is 8%. So that's up to 6,800 an ounce. That's always good to hear. Palladium's back up over 2,000 an ounce. Gold is at 1,840 something. Platinum's still the, what they call the redheaded stepchild that just keeps getting beaten down. It's in the 800s. But the other interesting thing, and I've talked about the gold-silver ratio, I am always a buyer of silver when the ratio's high. A few months ago, during the 
phony crash in March, silver actually dipped down under $12 an ounce, and the ratio of gold to silver on the paper market was 120 to 1. At that time, I was telling you this is a perfect opportunity to buy silver. Now, silver since, I believe that was in March. I, I didn't look up the exact date of that low. I believe it was 1180, and it was in March. So in three and a half months, silver has almost doubled, and the silver-to-gold ratio now, in other words, how many ounces of silver at this phony paper price does it take to buy an ounce of gold at the phony paper price? Today, it's 86 ounces of silver buys one ounce of gold. But back in March, it was 120 ounces of silver to buy one ounce of gold. I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. Now, these are not financial recommendations. I just share with you what I do, and it's up to you to do your own due diligence, as they say. I'm not a financial planner. I do give financial advice, but it's of a generic CPA tax-related basis. But I do tell you on Business Buzz what I do myself, and one of the things I do is part of my money is in physical metal for insurance. Now, storing it's expensive. Uh, You have to pay to store it safely, but it's well worth it when you insure your money. And remember, when the price of gold goes up, it's not really gold going up. It's your dollars going down. That is the thing to never forget. Same with silver. When the price of silver goes up, it's not silver being worth more than it was yesterday. It's your paper money is worth less than it was yesterday. So actually, in reality, the average increase in gold and silver here is about 4.5% today because gold's only up 1.5%. I would say if you have $100,000 of paper money in the bank, you probably lost 4000 of it today in real world terms. And that's how that works. Whatever you hear about the price of gold and silver going up, don't think gold and silver is going up. Think my paper money just went down. Coming up on the last break, it's feel-good time coming up on Business Buzz. Look out. You're going to get read to again, child. I don't really mean that. I will be back after the break. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. If we tried to run a foot race while dragging a bunch of trash behind us, we wouldn't get very far. In like manner, Chuck Swindoll describes how to clear away the regretful mistakes of our past so we can run through life without restraint. Listen Tuesday to Insight for Living. Empowering people out of poverty, helping kids and communities to shine. There's nothing quite like it. In World Vision, we've seen what happens when a child gets clean water or nutritious food, when she feels safe, gets to learn in a classroom, or discovers that she has infinite worth. Together, we're working to help every kid everywhere grow into who God created them to be. Reach out with us today and help people change their own lives for good. Learn more at worldvision.org. 
I used to watch like tons of TV, and now I can turn the radio on and just listen to that all day. It's a life-changing station. Your life has significance and purpose. Oh, it gives you hope. It just lifts your day up. Jesus said that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That includes truths about who you are and how God sees you. Our programming helps you grasp those truths. I listen to it when I go to work, and it helps make the day a better day. You found Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I appreciate the fact that you've had some time to spend with me this afternoon. I know it gets busy out there. Hopefully, if you're working, you have a job still. If you're not working, hopefully you're healthy and staying safe. I just talked to a client today who's actually, they live in the peninsula area of the Bay Area. It's always weird to talk to people that live in the peninsula because you start discussing choices for selling their rental house or selling their home. And when you're talking to a Chico client, you're usually saying, okay, it's might sell for three seventy five, I paid two fifty, and then we calculate taxes on the gain. But when you're talking to a person living in Menlo Park, oh, I paid six hundred, it's worth about two million. <laughs> and it's like, oh boy. That's when I have to really do my due diligence and make sure I don't blurt out the wrong instruction because when you're dealing with home prices in the millions, if you tell someone the wrong tax advice, you could cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars and your liability, your uh, errors and emissions liability insurance won't be around too long. You'll get this one and then you'll be, they'll shut you out. That's the way I'll put it. This particular client actually has a, a house and a rental that combined are probably worth five or six million dollars. And they're trying to figure out how to sell them without paying over a third of it or a third of it to the government between federal and state. Interesting dilemma. Uh, I wish I had that kind of problem, but I help them through it. There are ways to do it. I've even spoken on Business Buzz of some of the major ways to never pay tax on capital gains, but you have to be you have to be smart. You have to ask someone who knows. Uh, there's lots of good CPAs in Chico. I consider myself one of them, but you have to get good help whenever you're dealing with capital gains because there are some alternatives that you might not have been made aware of. How did I get off on that tangent? I was going to read to you. Okay. I was talking about whether you're working or not, whether you're staying healthy. And honestly, right now with the way things are, this is a super stressful life for a lot of people. I would imagine there's some wealthy people who live out in the, on a mountaintop and it's not affecting them that much, but People who work here, uh, people who work in the restaurant industry, uh, bar owners, uh, retail, uh, they're going through a lot of stress. My solution for stress is to escape with a good book. And as usual, I've brought my favorite book of all time. 
Now, remember, if you have a problem with, quote, Eastern-style religion, end quote, or anything out of the ordinary, uh, if you don't like things out of the ordinary, then you really shouldn't be tuning into Business Buzz anyway. I refuse to ever be ordinary. It's like when I make up playlists on my Spotify, which is the subscription where you get all the music. I always say when someone suggests a song, I say, I don't want my playlist to sound like we're listening to the radio. Business Buzz will never sound like you're listening to NBC News. I promise. Like I say, if you can't handle weird thinking, turn down the volume now. We're going to read my favorite chapter. I've probably read it before. It's from A Course in Miracles, Chapter 27, uh, Subsection 7, called The Dreamer of the Dream. If you're driving, don't close your eyes, but sit back and relax. Don't go to sleep. Just uh, listen to my story. Suffering is an emphasis upon all that the world has done to injure you. Now, before I get too far, I'd want to remind you that this started because I wanted to read this because if you're one of the people suffering from major stress due to these things happening, this is for you. I'm going to start again. Suffering is an emphasis upon all that the world has done to injure you. Here is the world's demented version of salvation clearly shown. Like to a dream of punishment in which the dreamer is unconscious of what brought on the attack against himself, he sees himself attacked unjustly and by something not himself. He is the victim of this something else, a thing outside himself, for which he has no reason to be held responsible. He must be innocent because he knows not what he does, but what is done to him. Yet is his own attack upon himself apparent still, for it is he who bears the suffering, and he cannot escape because its source is seen outside himself. Now you are being shown you can escape. All that is needed is you look upon the problem as it is and not the way that you have set it up. How could there be another way to solve a problem that is very simple but has been obscured by heavy clouds of complication which were made to keep the problem unresolved? Without the clouds, the problem will emerge in all its primitive simplicity. The choice will not be difficult because the problem is absurd when clearly seen. No one has difficulty making up his mind to let a simple problem be resolved if it is seen as hurting him and also very easily removed. The reasoning by which the world is made, on which it rests, by which it is maintained, is simply this. You are the cause of what I do. Your presence justifies my wrath, and you exist and think apart from me. While you attack, I must be innocent, and what I suffer from is your attack. No one who looks upon this reasoning exactly as it is could fail to see it does not follow and it makes no sense. Yet it seems sensible because it looks as if the world were hurting you. And so it seems as if there is no need to go beyond the obvious in terms of cause. There is indeed a need. The world's escape from condemnation is a need which those within the world are joined in sharing. Yet they do not recognize their common need. For each one thinks that if he does his part, the condemnation of the world will rest on him. And it is this that he perceives to be his part in its deliverance. Vengeance must have a focus. 
Otherwise is the avenger's knife in his own hand and pointed to himself, and he must see it in another's hand if he would be a victim of attack he did not choose, and thus he suffers from the wounds a knife he does not hold has made upon himself. This is the purpose of the world he sees, and looked at the and looked at thus, the world provides the means by which this purpose seems to be fulfilled. The means attest the purpose, but are not themselves a cause, nor will the cause be changed by seeing it apart from its effects. The cause produces the effects, which then bear witness to the cause, and not themselves. Look then beyond effects. It is not here the cause of suffering and sin must lie. And dwell not on the suffering and sin, for they are but reflections of their cause. The part you play in salvaging the world from condemnation is your own escape. Forget not that the witness to the world of evil cannot speak except for what has seen a need for evil in the world. And this is where your guilt was first beheld. In separation from your brother was the first attack upon yourself begun. And it is this the world bears witness to. Seek not another cause, nor look among the mighty legions of his witnesses for its undoing. They support its claim on your allegiance. What conceals the truth is not where you should look to find the truth. So uh, this gets a little confusing. I wanted to summarize what, he's, what, what it's saying there is don't ask, don't ask people whether they're there or not because what conceals the truth is not where you should look to find the truth. In other words, everyone you talk to about this is going to disagree with you, so don't listen to them. Okay, I'm going to keep going. The witnesses to sin all stand within one little space, and it is here you find the cause of your perspective on the world. Once you were unaware of what the cause of every once you were unaware of what the cause of everything the world appeared to thrust upon you, uninvited and unasked must really be. Of one thing you were sure, of all the many causes you perceived as bringing pain and suffering to you, your guilt was not among them, nor did you in any way request them for yourself. This is how all illusions came about. The one who makes them does not see himself as making them, and the reality does not depend on him. Whatever cause they have is something quite apart from him, and what he sees is separate from his mind. He cannot doubt his dream's reality because he does not see the part he plays in making them and making them seem real. No one can waken from a dream the world is dreaming for him. He becomes a part of someone else's dream. He cannot choose to waken from a dream he did not make. Helpless he stands, a victim to a dream conceived and cherished by a separate mind. Careless indeed of him this mind must be, as thoughtless of his peace and happiness as is the weather or the time of day. It loves him not, but casts him as it will in any role that satisfies its dream. So little is his worth that he is but a dancing shadow, leaping up and down according to a senseless plot conceived within the idle dreaming of the world. This is the only picture you can see, the one alternative that you can choose, the other possibility of cause, if you be not the dreamer of your dreams. And this is what you choose if you deny the cause of suffering is in your mind. Be glad indeed it is, for thus are you the one decider of your destiny in time. The choice is yours to make between a sleeping death and dreams of evil or a happy wakening and joy of life. 
What could you choose between but life or death, waking or sleeping, peace or war, your dreams or your reality? There is a risk of thinking death is peace because the world equates the body with the self which God created. Yet a thing can never be its opposite. And death is opposite to peace because it is the opposite of life. And life is peace. Awaken and forget all thoughts of death and you will find you have the peace of God. Yet if the choice is really given you, then you must see the causes of the things you choose between exactly as they are and where they are. What choices can be made between two states, but one of which is clearly recognized? Who could be free to choose between effects when only one is seen as up to him? An honest choice could never be perceived as one in which the choice is split between a tiny you and an enormous world with different dreams about the truth in you. The gap between reality and dreams lies not between the dreaming of the world and what you dream in secret. They are one. The dreaming of the world is but a part of your own dream you gave away and saw as if it were its start and ending both. Yet was it started by your secret dream which you do not perceive, although it caused the part you see and do not doubt is real. How could you doubt it while you lie asleep and dream in secret that its cause is real? A brother separated from yourself, an ancient enemy, a murderer who stalks you in the night and plots your death, yet plans that it be lingering and slow, of this you dream. Yet underneath this dream is yet another, in which you become the murderer, the secret enemy, the scavenger and the destroyer of your brother and the world alike. Here is the cause of suffering, the space between your little dreams and your reality. The little gap you do not even see, the birthplace of illusions and of fear, the time of terror and of ancient hate, the instant of disaster, all are here. Here is the cause of unreality, and it is here that it will be undone. You are the dreamer of the world of dreams. No other cause it has, nor ever will. Nothing more fearful than an idle dream has terrified God's son and made him think that he has lost his innocence, denied his father, and made war upon himself. So fearful is the dream, so seeming real, he could not wake into reality without the sweat of terror and a scream of mortal fear, unless a gentler dream preceded his awaking and allowed his calmer mind to welcome, not to fear, the voice that calls with love to waken him. A gentler dream in which his suffering was healed and where his brother was his friend. God willed he wakened gently and with joy and gave him means to waken without fear. Accept the dream he gave instead of yours. It is not difficult to change a dream when once the dreamer has been recognized. Rest in the Holy Spirit and allow his gentle dreams to take the place of those you dreamed in terror and in fear of death. He brings forgiving dreams in which the choice is not who is the murderer and who shall be the victim. In the dreams he brings there is no murder and there is no death. The dream of guilt is fading from your sight although your eyes are closed. A smile has come to lighten up your sleeping face. The sleep is peaceful now, for these are happy dreams. Dream softly of your sinless brother, who unites with you in holy innocence. And from this dream, the Lord of heaven will himself awaken his beloved son. Well, we're up against the clock again, but remember, I've talked before. That's where the whole thing of forgiveness comes in. And in the, in the physical world, forgiveness doesn't make sense. But when you start realizing that uh, the physical world isn't real, forgiveness is the key. I'll see you next time on Business Buzz. KKXX Paradise K280GL 
Chico. And K283AR, Chico. Hour from townhall.com, I'm Keith Peters. President Trump is once again providing coronavirus updates for the American people. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reports. In his first coronavirus briefing in nearly three months, the president pointed to progress amid the pandemic, but also warned... It will probably, unfortunately, get worse before it gets better. He used the late afternoon White House event to stress the importance of good hygiene and the use of face coverings. Whether you like the mask or not, uh, they have an impact, they'll have an effect, and we need everything we can get. The president also also promised that the vaccines are coming sooner than expected. Greg Clugston, Washington. Acting Department of Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf is defending the agency's response to destructive protests and rioting in Portland, Oregon. Wolf says agency officers have to be in Portland. The reasons increased DHS personnel are important or in, in Portland is twofold. One, violent criminal activity every single night for 52 nights. And two, the lack of action from city officials and law enforcement. Wolf rebuked the mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, for blaming the federal government for the violence. Wolf also said the people committing the vandalism should not be considered legitimate protesters. U.S. Attorney David DeVillers says the Republican Speaker of the Ohio House has been arrested. We're here today to announce the arrest of Larry Householder, the Speaker of the House of the State of Ohio, and four other defendants um, for racketeering in relation to what is likely the largest bribery money laundering scheme ever perpetrated against the people of the state of Ohio. GOP Governor Mike DeWine called on Householder to resign immediately, saying it would be impossible for him to be an effective legislative leader given the charges 